0: Friday morning, Stuffified Live Day. That's right. Every week on Friday mornings, every other week. Well, most of the time, it's every single week. Uh, we had a couple crazy weeks out there where we didn't do too much because of the fact that I was on the road, riding, uh, Harleying, beaching, and uh, pretty much working my ass off. Uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, I did just open up a place uh, with my partner. Down there in Winston Salem, North Carolina. It's called Uncle Buzzy's Fried Food. And it is, uh, it's a riot, man. Uh, I got a little, <coughs> oh, I got a tickle. I got a tickle in my throat, man. I got a little crazy <coughs> uh, with work and I decided that it was time to just start having some fun do a little bit of craziness. Uh, we're doing a concept down there that's all fried food. Think about creative carnival fair. Uh, we're doing some really cool sandwiches. Uh, we got a bunch of great desserts. We're doing funnel cakes as well. We do these awesome little waffle tacos, uh, which are like a a very sweet uh, waffle shell that we make into a taco shell. And then we fill it like one of them. filled with a Twinkie, uh, another one's filled with Oreos and then another one is filled with Snickers bars and. And we've got a couple crazy concoctions that I've been working on as well. Uh, We have a Twinkie one, like I said, that's pretty cool, and a chocolate chip cookie dough that's awesome as well. So, And then what we do is we top it off with soft-serve ice cream, and then we freeze it, super deep freeze. And then after that, we go through the whole thing, and we roll the whole thing into a hard-shell chocolate with coconut uh, oil, and it's really pretty tasty. So um, if you get a chance, head down there. Uh, The food that we're doing down there, we've got some awesome burgers. doing a whole bunch of really cool, like hot chicken. Um, we've got a a really neat pork dish that we're doing. It's like a schnitzel with a a cheddar and sauerkraut bun that we're making out of some, uh, some funnel cake as well. Just like really fun food. I got tired of doing, um, some gastro pubs for a little while. I got tired of some fine dining stuff for a while. I got tired of really just digging in on numbers and everything. And, um, so I wanted to do something a little bit different and one of the reasons why I wanted to do it differently is because this is one of those places it's all to go we have no servers um, but we have cashiers and uh, it's it's really important to me that every time that you walk in there you get a big huge fat smile you get a super big greeting and it's all about the experience okay you're eating something that's got you know a couple couple extra calories it's not this is not your 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 diet fair, shall we say this is full blown across the board, fried food, plus the burgers. Um, you can get a single, which is like three and a half ounces. You can get a double, which is seven ounces. You can put 15 of them on there if you want. I really don't give a shit, but it's going to be awesome. And you're going to love it. Our burgers are beautiful. We hand form them every single morning, um, do a whole bunch of roast beef. Uh, we've got four different styles of roast beef. We've got a bomber, uh, which is on like a garlic, um, it's spread with this, like, Super fine roasted garlic and a super fine mince of uh, fresh garlic with butter. We season that. We drop it right on the flat top and sear it off. Um, And then we put super fine shaved roast beef on the inside and coleslaw and um, a couple different types of cheese as well. We've got a beef on Weck. If you're from the northeast uh, and you're from the Buffalo area, you probably have a pretty good idea what the beef on Weck is. Uh, Beef beef on Weck is a super slow cooked beef that is served on a, a, a roll that's made by a company called the Kemowek. And it's, it's topped off with sea salt and caraway seeds. Um, and then it has, typically it's done with horseradish, but it's a super rare uh, beef. And then what we do is we take the rolls, toast off the rolls on the flat top and some good butter, drop it into uh, the au jus, which is really nice because we use an alto sham, which I've had a lot of fun with the alto sham lately. A lot of great uh, product that I've been com- has been coming out of the Alto Shem, so I'm excited. But we slice it super thin, put it on there. I do a horseradish whipped cream, which is really nice. It's salted. A little bit of pepper goes into that as well with some fresh parsley. Um, a little bit of uh, some cilantro in there too, so it's pretty tasty. Uh, we're doing a cheesesteak because I can. I'm doing it with the rare roast beef though, um, so we chop it up super fine with some roasted mushrooms and caramelized onions and American cheese and provolone. I hope you guys are getting hungry. Uh, we've got some great stuff, chicken fried steak that we're doing with sandwiches on on uh, toasted uh, uh, Texas toast. It's just fun. It's just super fun, man. I'm really excited about it. I'm having a lot of fun just kind of playing with food. It's not fine dining in any way. I'm telling you, you're going to need some napkins, probably getting a little fatter, have to loosen up the belt. I'm cool with that. I like it. I'm happy about that. But but what it comes down to for me is not just the food. It's really about the experience. and. Experience to me is key because people come into your places and it's not just for the food. You know, you go to a dive bar and you walk in and you have a great burger. It's awesome. You know, or you walk in a dive bar and you have a shitty burger. But the ambiance, ambi- where the hell am I from? The ambiance is super awesome. It creates the experience. And one of the things that I've said for my whole career is that the art of the preparation creates the experience. So we have to prepare for everything that we do. We have to be ready for the guests when they come in to wow them, to get them excited. Because without that, what's the point of them coming back? Think about this simple fact that about 20 to 25 years ago, we had a little over 900, maybe less than that, restaurants in Philadelphia. Now we have over 9,000. So where are you going and why are you going there? Are you going there because they've got an awesome burger? Are you going there? Sorry for the sniffles, guys. Really sorry for the sniffles. Um, are you going there because of the awesome burger? Are you going there for the great bartender? You're going there because you're getting an experience out of something. Okay. Look, there is nothing more fun than walking down Ninth Street in Philadelphia, getting over to Snyder, checking out some of the cool places that are over there, getting a cheesesteak at three o'clock in the morning. You're not doing it because it's the greatest cheesesteak you've had. You're doing it because in reality, Look, I love Pats. I love Geno's. Don't get me wrong. I take all new people into Philadelphia that come into Philly. I take them to Pats and Geno's. It's, a, it's, it's an icon. You're talking about the, you know, this is the king of stakes, man. You're talking about a, a rivalry that has gone back and forth for years. And you look at Pat's and you look at Gino's and it's, again, it's not the greatest cheesesteak. There are much better places in Philadelphia to get a cheesesteak. But the experience of it is exactly why you're going there. It's the way that they do it. It's the way that they make you order it. It's the way that they put it on that flat top. It's the way that they put it in the bread. It's the onions that go on and the mushrooms that go on and the cheeses. You want whiz? You got whiz, baby. Go for it. But it's not the greatest cheesesteak. It's the experience. You're sitting outside. You're looking around. There's cars whizzing past you. There's a basketball court across the street. There's an awesome little coffee shop at the Caddy Corner directly across the street from Gino's. That's beautiful called the Rim Cafe. I'll be there tomorrow night um, or tonight in this case. But you're going there for the experience, and, and the same thing happens in your places. If you're not paying attention to what's going on in your places, then you're missing the boat. You're dropping it. That's why I want to make sure that everybody who comes into Buzzies walks into that place, and they leave with a smile on their face. My cashiers, they've got to be on point. Hey, welcome, Uncle Buzzies. What can I get you? One of my favorite things on the menu is boom. Our servers are – not even servers. Our cashiers are tipped employees as well. They're making a couple extra bucks because of the way that they're talking to everybody. Our kitchen guys, they're in the back. They're hustling right now. They're busting their humps, trying to make an awesome, awesome experience for you guys with the food. We're working on some training with these guys. We want a little bit more banter. I want people to be able to interact with the guys in the kitchen. I want you to walk in and be like, Sergio, what's going on, man? What's for special tonight? I want a secret menu. You know why? Because you can have a secret menu. You can do funky stuff that's super cool, and that's this type of stuff that I'm looking for. I'm always looking for experiences. I'm always looking to do something different and segue. That's why I got my boy on tonight. That's why I've got this guy coming on because he's the king of experiences. He's all about experiences. He is a, uh, he is the director of nightlife for nightclub and bar, which y'all know I'm a, I'm a member of, uh, I have the food and beverage innovation center over there. Plus I get to sit on these amazing meetings and talk about the new and the hottest things that are happening in nightclubs and bars around the world. Um, and Sully has been there, uh, for as long as I can remember. He is a, an awesome individual. He's a wonderful dude. Uh, he's a great family man. Uh, he wears funky clothes sometimes. I know cause I bought him a really weird jacket in Nashville, uh, that he then mowed me super fast. Get that money right back to me. Uh, but it was a cool jacket and he's a good dude. He is uh, his name is Michael Sullivan and he also owns a company called Mojo. Um, and he's going to get into that in just a couple minutes and talk to you guys a little bit more about that. But if you all can do me a favor, put your hands together, turn your radios up, get the kids out of the way, because I tend to curse a little bit every now and then. You all know that. But we are going to have a little conversation with my buddy. My boy, the man of all things experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Duffified Live. Michael Sullivan. Good
1: afternoon, Michael.
0: See how professional he sounds when he gets on air. See that he's a professional.
1: I I say good afternoon too. It's like nighttime. What
0: am I thinking? (laughs) Yeah, but it's like well, but it's less time in Vegas.
1: Uh, you know what? Like nine o'clock is pretty much probably twelve noon for everybody else. That's true. Yeah. Right.
0: Dude, how is Vegas right now? Is it hot as balls?
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh. Uh, you know, uh, I could I could look out my window, a couple people like you know playing ball in the uh, in the street. One throws the ball, the other receives it, and they're both burning the flames like within a few seconds it's
0: pretty hot spontaneous combustion
1: yeah i was gonna run down and get a bucket and pour it on both of them but <laughs> i'm stuck up here i go outside i pour it on myself they are both dead anyway
0: yeah exactly you gotta save to save the best <laughs> it's, a, it's a culling i'm sitting in my new house in my brand new office that i'm unbelievably excited about where i have absolutely nothing plugged in and nothing taken out of boxes
1: Oh, so it's just like all over the place.
0: It's just shit. I, I, the reason I'll be honest, the reason why we're late, I couldn't find the mic or the headphones. (laughs) And, and the best part about that is they were not late. They were not in the box. Hold on. Let me see. That was labeled uh, recording and podcast stuff.
1: What did it say? Dishes and underwear?
0: Probably. I think it was in the, in the manager and extension cord box. Right. Have you? When was the last time you moved?
1: Uh, it's been like two years, buddy. It's it's a uh, just ridiculously terrible experience. You know how it goes. It's
0: absolutely horrible. It's yeah. just not fun.
1: Did you do it yourself? Did you throw a, the cart and get the you know rental and all that, or did you have people help you do it?
0: No, I hired, I hired movers for the big stuff, the beds, the dressers. Cause my, my bedroom is on the third floor of the house and my office is on the yeah. third floor. And look, I'm 46, man. I have moved and I'm an ox, man. I will, I will carry a dresser down a flight of stairs on my back. I have no problem with that. Um, but I, but I had so much, I went from a six bedroom house to a three bedroom house. So oh, it, did
1: you sell a bunch of stuff. We had a garage sale.
0: Away? We had a garage sale, and then when I moved out of the house, we had so much trash. And and I will I will actually post the video, and but I'm going to send it to you first. Um, no, no. I I had 730 pounds of trash, <laughs> and I know that because I went from my house to we have like a public works area in the township where I live, and you can dump yeah. stuff there and they charge you 10 cents a pound. So I had 730 items of trash or pounds of trash. And then the best part was the last item was a couch. It was like a red leather couch that was in my, in my bedroom and I didn't feel like picking it up. So I tied, I got some tie down straps and I attached it to the back of my car and I drug it. going to the dump. It was fucking brilliant, dude.
1: My my wife uh, is like, every time we move, she's like, we got rid of more stuff to where we don't have that garage you can't drive in, the closet you can't use, and the room full of stuff that you're like, I'm going to hold on to it just in case there's a nuclear war and I need to run up and borrow that one outfit I wore in high school.
0: Right? No, exactly. Dude. I can't imagine. First off, hold on, hold on. Let's let me do this first. Can you tell us who you are and what you do?
1: Uh, I'm a glorified dishwasher.
0: Okay. Well, I used to have, I used to have business cards that said head pot washer.
1: I know. Uh, one of the companies I used to work for, didn't have any title, but, uh, so, I'm a 20, 25 year uh, hospitality guy. You know, started working as a buster in the Red Robin restaurant chain back in the nope. 90s or whatever. Yeah, I worked in the kitchen as a prep boy. My dad did the books. I played video games uh, on the weekend as my pay in exchange for, you know, working in the kitchen and helping butter bread and prep food. Uh, right. I never told you that. No. And then uh, just moved up, got into hotels, Ritz Carlton, uh, operations, nightlife, owned my own club, worked in Miami for, uh, worked at, I was the only, at the time, back in the day, it was pretty unheard of, um, non-Spanish-speaking VIP director at at, uh, Club Space, which is, you know, like the modern-day Studio 54. Um, Got into uh, Las Vegas, opened uh, pretty much like nine nightclubs over my, my period, and then got into consulting and working for a uh, corporate event. Wow. How's that? Is, that? is that too long?
0: Dude, I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you're twenty nine and you've done all of that in twenty five oh, years. Oh yeah, that cool. would
1: be fantastic. I you would look love to be twenty nine.
0: You're a very young dude. You look young.
1: I'm forty three. You know I'm what it is? Six. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I think it's the, the wife keeps me young or the jeans or maybe, uh, the, you know, doing a, a, a cleanse every once in a while. Who knows? Maybe I'm it's just the lucky white jacket that you bought in Nashville that keeps you young. Slick. Oh, I wouldn't wear that thing, but it's like 116 degrees outside. If I put on that two steps outside, dead, That's
0: You're it. dead. We're okay. how much time did you spend? Florida, dude, Florida is is a nightmare.
1: Yeah, Florida was hot. But when I worked for the Ritz, I mean, I was at the front desk was the concierge. I wore a full suit, tie, you know, and that thing was like thick. So they could drop me in, uh, you know, in Antarctica and I'd be fine for at least a couple hours. But, right? like they call, you know, during big, you know how it is like uh, doing big events. You know, everybody on deck, you know, you go plate up or you run out and you park cars, you know, it's like a property like that. That's how we did it. I'd be out there parking cars in my suit. I don't know. I just, I think it like trained me to deal with the heat and then, you know, a little DNA uh, flip and I'm a a lizard and I can stand living in this state.
0: Right. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I
1: mean, I got the, I'll have the, I'll have the green scales when I hit my 60s. Who knows? Dude, I'll tell you what though.
0: I, I I enjoy Florida though because it's it's one of the things that I've noticed about down there is they always have something to do.
1: And such a, you feel I don't know. It's like it's like being on vacation on your days off. Like really being on your vacation. Right. I mean, all my buddies don't that are down so? there, they've got like they've
0: got boats, they've got swamp buggies, they've got motorcycles, they've got quads, they've got like. It just seems like that you're right that everybody on their days off is on vacation. They're going yeah. to the beach. They're getting jet skis that they own that are at their dock. Like it's craziness down there, but they're yeah. always moving yeah. and, and vaping. It seems like Florida vapes more than anywhere else in the world, but
1: and you're forced to get in your shorts and t-shirt on your days off. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you are off, right? You are relaxing or you will melt. In
0: the heat. <laughs> Fuck, it's so hot, man. I don't know. I just don't get it, but, um, but it's, it's the same, you know, I mean, it's that same kind of world as well. It's a different heat than Arizona or Vegas though.
1: Arizona. yeah. Hot, it's man. like the guys in Arizona are even hotter than, I think they're like another couple of degrees hotter than we are.
0: They were 118 when I landed there on my way to Washington a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's a cool story. Dude, have you been up to Washington? Yeah.
1: No, I haven't been up there before. We want to, we want to go. Brittany and I talked about it a couple of times. It's so cool to
0: be up there. dude. It's beautiful. And you know what? It's funny because I was kind of in in a way comparing it to Florida because they always have something to do down there. It's the same way up there. It's Uh just not hot. They've got, you know, during the winter, they've got snowmobiling and they've got quads and horses and snowshoeing. And I mean, they're always doing, they're so active. I live in the north. I would north love north to go
1: there and have it rain on my head for like five days. Being <laughs> in this, You know, like That's just true. rain. I'll sit outside with a drink on a chair and just it just soak. Be done with it. Be, we be the best vacation.
0: <laughs> I was in this little tiny town in Montana. I rode just recently rode out from Spokane and did a big circle around Idaho back in through Oregon and through Montana and all that. And we stopped. In that this
1: that picture you sent me.
0: Yeah, well, you you texted me. I think it was on my birthday.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I texted you on your birthday, and then you sent me a picture of 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 the bike and the, the drive. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you take care of that. I'll catch you. Up. I'll catch yeah. you later."
0: I don't know which was more dangerous: me taking the video, replying back to you, or if I should have just answered and taken the call.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. Hello? yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me exactly. now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. No, I
0: have a headset when yeah, I yeah we do
1: it. Yeah, we have you have it in, You have the headset, right? Yeah, so that's gotta
0: work, right? It does sometimes. I mean, my buddy had his headset on, and it was kind of set in a weird mode. So the first day that we rode, we used them, but I had a headache by the end of the day just because there was so much, uh, just just so much noise that it yeah. just bothered we were we hardly even used him if we needed to we did and he'd kind of motion to me or whatever but i mean look dude i was on the road we rode 1,463 miles so it was pretty nuts but um
1: I, I was a part of that other group that had the uh cross rocket i used to be a cross rocket guy back in high school you know uh, uh riding that sucker around zipping around town we wouldn't have had along back then
0: you know, I'm a waiver man. I'm a waiver. I wave to everybody. I don't care what you're riding. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Well, to that's
1: how it is now, right? Back in the day, it was like snowboarding. You know, oh, I started pretty, yeah, snowboarding back in the late '80s. Oh, yeah. forget about it. Gears <laughs> would pretty much, like push you off <laughs> close. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> like you jerk. You have you don't possess the class to ski on this resort. And I lived in Colorado growing up. Oh, forget it. Yeah. Um, are, self,
0: are you from? Are you from Colorado? Boulder.
1: Boulder, Colorado. I worked for the Forest Service growing up. I worked no. there, like on the trails all over Boulder, Colorado. I could like name off like all the structures I built there. Retaining walls, you know, rock staircases, Sanitas above Boulder, uh um, Mesa Trail. Uh pff, loved it. Boulder really? was just an amazing place to grow up. That's
0: a, some my somebody asked me last week. They said if you if you could do any, if you would, what would you do if you weren't a chef? And I, I wasn't even a hesitation. My immediate response was a park ranger.
1: Oh, so cool. Like, like it was, I, I mean, I, you'd love it. You'd love it. I
0: think I'd love it for like a week. That's I my think you'd problem. love it
1: up to the, where you've got to deal with, you know, those kind of, uh, uh, uh degenerates that are, you know, the annoying, like you know, they are they set their camper on fire, or <laughs> right? You
0: no, know, they're
1: doing they're doing some stuff. You're like, you are just what are you doing? Yeah, Do you know uh, but if you're out there, you like wildfire what's that? I said I was like
0: standing there as they're lighting campfires, lighting their campers yeah. on fire, being like, have you ever heard of a wildfire?
1: Oh yeah, forget about it. Terrible, terrible, and it, it's just a, it's a natural occurrence. You know, you keep it out for that long, it's just gonna light up, but. I'll tell you, I made $2 and 13 cents an hour. I was, uh, started when I was, I think 15 years old. I did it for seven years in a row. I worked for the city of Boulder, city of Boulder, um, uh, city of Boulder, uh, open space division. Uh, there was a whole bunch of kids. It was a summer job. You were selected to be on this, you know, group. Um, you know all you know i was a tree hugger at the time apparently um and you just we we loaded up at like six seven o'clock in the morning in these uh 15 passenger vans we had a, a hood rack with you know pulaski's rock bars uh uh you know chainsaws all the equipment we'd go out to a trail and then we would just you know work our way up the trail and fix the erosion it was hot it was just but you know you get two 15 minute breaks and lunch and you're like fixing, you know, uh, installing and fixing the environment. It was just awesome.
0: That's super cool. And you did that for seven years.
1: So with every summer I went back. So I was, uh, I was at what we, what they called like a junior ranger. Right. And, right. uh, you know, every summer I went there and they had two seasons or two sessions. So there was the first part of the summer. There was like a group, uh, you know, uh, whatever, first part of the summer. Then there was second part of the summer. So there was two times you interviewed and they carried over some people to the second half of the summer. And so every year I would go back, uh, you know, there was a little bit of nepotism, you know, my dad was the director of finance for the city. So of course they're <laughs> going to take care of the director of finance son. Sure. want to buy a new truck. Right. Oh, what do you think of this guy? Oh, great guy. Great guy. Yeah. Definitely buy their trucks. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> That's a riot.
1: Yeah, it was a great job. I think it would be, It would have been, uh, you know, if somebody asked me that, it would have been returned to that uh, as like full-time or uh, be a monk. What? Uh, I or maybe do- a scuba dive instructor. What about a scuba dive instructor? Would you ever do that? Would I would live be- in the, the island.
0: Oh, well, yeah, because my world my world's kind of goes between beach and mountain all the time. That, to me... Like I want, I want a house on the beach, but I don't need a big monster. Like I don't need a big, huge house. I need a house that yeah. sleeps like a bunch of people with bunk beds comfortably and a King and a queen yeah. on the water. It doesn't even have to be on the beach. I can be on the Bay. I'm cool with that. Um, like I'm an outer banks guy. So I go down to the outer banks and we, I rent a house down there. It costs me 1800 bucks for the week. It's on the water. Wow. The girls are it. in, it sleeps like 12 people. And we drive to the beach because it's a four wheel drive beach. So I throw everybody in the Jeep and we just, we put, we drop, drop the PSI down to 18 and we just take off and I'll drive like two that. miles up the beach just to park. And then we park and there's hardly anybody around, you know, you're in the water. There's no lifeguards or anything. My girls are 17 and 14. They know, they know what they're doing. They're not going out there and rip yeah. you know, undertow. Yeah. But um I I have my one of my favorite places in Colorado is Garden of the Gods. Oh
1: yeah, Colorado Springs area.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, love it. I did the drive from Denver to Aspen once on a bus. Like a like a like a tourist bus. We were heading out to Aspen Food and Wine. And you can laugh at me, but I listened to John Denver for five hours.
1: Of course. He was he was always I remember reading about him growing up. He's always in the news. John Denver crashes his Porsche on I-70 uh, uh, again this week. He's high all you. the time. Yeah, you know what's the coolest thing on I-70, driving up to Vail, asking all that stuff? Do you do you know what the sculpture house is? It's like this giant UFO-looking house that's on the side of the mountain. No. Um, uh, 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 Woody... Woody Allen. Woody Allen did a movie called The Sleeper, which is in the '60s. In this house, when we get off, or anybody who's listening, Google the sculpture house in uh, I think it's Genesee, Colorado, or I-70, or whatever. Oh my gosh, amazing! It's got like it looks like a flying saucer. Has a you know what's it called again? What house? The sculpture house.
0: Okay, the s c u l p t u r e h o u s e, sculpture house, Colorado.
1: Uh, yeah. Wow! Look at that! <laughs> oh, holy shit! Seriously, is that that you passed on the way? And the, the guy, I built it, and I think in the '60s, uh, went bankrupt or whatever. And I think it's owned by a private group now. But listen, there's like something crazy about this house. It has no right angles or something no. like that. But this place, look at that view. Come on. I mean,
0: it's absolutely stunning. Oh my God. I watch a show that's called like amazing structures. Charles Deaton was uh-huh. the architect um, called amazing structures. And what they do is they find all these super awesome houses all over the world. And they meet with the owners and the architects and the, the hosts are cheesy as shit. I want to punch them, but, but the show is really good. It's real. The hosts are horrible, yeah. dude. She's like an old British lady. And he's like a young, hip kind of architect. And they're like hanging out. And there's this weird like sexual innuendos that get thrown around. She's like 60 and almost. And he's like 39. Like it's just fucking weird. She's like, oh, hey, look, a hot tub. We could get in the hot tub a little bit later. And he's like, that would be a party for the two of us. And I'm like, well, what the is, fuck was that? Who is the lady? Who is the lady who
1: used to do the sex talk show? Oh, Dr. Uh, Ruth. Okay. Get Dr. Root, bring her over to that show, and then have her like put a little pizzazz in there. That would be funny. I, that would be good. But I don't, it's so, it's weird, man. They did this really cool
0: house that was the shape of, uh, it was sh- shaped like a wing. It was really cool. They did a house in Scotland that was built on the side of a mountain. It took them three years to build. Wow. Just cool stuff. It's just, you know, like that's, that's you, that's fuck you money right there.
1: Yeah, I it's obscene. I like I love the sixties uh um sixties style. Like we have uh, uh the ball chair, the I, I forget how to pronounce it, the Ariel Monte ball chair, you know, the round kind of goofy fiberglass chair. Oh, like I yeah. love the sixties style. My what house, was the,
0: uh, uh, Charles and Ray Eames. Remember the Eames chairs? It? I think it was Eames. They also have another really funky chair that was like a wire chair that was called a Bertoya. I know because my ex-wife had, she collected all sorts of really cool like Art Deco and late 60s stuff. It was pretty cool, man. Cool, cool, cool style. Oh,
1: I like that style. I think when I was living in Miami and, and Florida, that's what the cool thing was. Is there was a lot of those that Deco kind of style still down there. And oh, yeah. Vegas has a lot of that too. Uh, you know, a lot of these old houses. Just I just love those goofy, crazy designs. Well, we have Andrew, um, not Wyeth.
0: What was his name? Andrew Lloyd Wright.
1: Yeah, he, Andrew Lloyd Wright. He did a great couple, like crazy houses that a lot of people use. Maybe. They're
0: all over Pennsylvania. There's a whole bunch in Pennsylvania. There's one about probably a mile and a half, two miles. There's actually two that are about a mile and a half to two miles away from me.
1: That are pretty cool. You know. I, I stayed at a hotel he did, uh, in Arizona. I, I think it was his, uh, I forget the name of the hotel. It was a couple of years ago. I was going to do a consulting project there. Um, I forget, but such a cool, another like cool design, right? Just interesting.
0: It's called curbed last remaining Franklin Lloyd Wright hotel opens. It's in Montana. Isn't it in Montana?
1: No, I did one in Arizona. Gosh, maybe it wasn't that designer. Maybe it's somebody else. I thought it was him. Hmm. Frank Lloyd Wright. That's his name, not
0: Andrew. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Frank Lloyd Wright. That's where I always get mixed up. Andrew Lloyd Wright. Six hotels have disappeared. A fire destroyed Montana's 1909 Bitterroot Inn in 1924. There was one in Tokyo in 1923, 1911 Lake Geneva Hotel, 1970. The last one is in Mason City, Iowa. Oh no, that closed. Still runs. Huh, that's weird. Why are we? We're huh? talking architecture. This is the craziest I, football podcast ever. But it all comes down to what I I now I introduced you as a man of experience because I I always huh? love your stories. I love when when I talk to you. I love listening to you because you have great stories, and you really do, dude.
1: You've seen some really cool shit. Oh, God. some of them I can't even mention. Some of the Vegas stories you can't even mention. Well, we can you change names to
0: protect the uh, the guilty.
1: The instances. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one interesting one. There was a a very uh uh well known uh, individual that was in Vegas all the time. Uh, the uh, the client. I don't know. We'll just call him the client. And he would, uh, you know, he was very uh, he, he gambled a lot. He had huge casino comps and so forth like, you know, a lot of people would. So uh, he would come to the nightlife uh, venue on occasion like a lot of celebrities would. And he had some amazingly high like comp levels because he was doing, you know, he was gambling a lot in the casino. So on occasion, um, there was certain people in the in this network of operators that kind of could get along with him, um, and I was okay. I knew the security guard really well, so he kind of helped me, but basically at the end of the night, he would spend, you know, several hundred thousand dollars uh, in the venue, and it wasn't like, you know, in Vegas, it's, you know, some of these guys, you would just write the check or, you know, use their card. Um, this one, I had to get in the limo and go back to his particular resort he was staying at and collect the couple hundred thousand dollars uh for payment um one time we went back to mgm to the Mansions. i was in the front of the limo with the limo driver he was in the back with his crew and security we got to the mansions walk in there and you know he likes to kind of like hang out a little bit with his friends so we're hanging out and two hours later i i collect this significant, uh, uh, amount of money for the check, which was basically chips. Then I took the chips to walk up at eight o'clock in the morning. I've been, you know, I've been up since 4.00 PM or whatever, when I mm-hmm. got up for work the day before, right. Just wiped out. So I'm at the cashier finally. And, um, you, I, anything over $10,000, you have to fill out this, uh, I forget the name of the form, but you have to declare this form before they exchange the chips. So right. even though, I'm collecting this money and taking it back to the to the venue that I was working at. You know, um, you uh, you have to fill out its form. So I'm like, well, hope IRS doesn't come knocking at my house. Like, where'd you get seriously? This money? So I put the money and I didn't have anything to carry it. And I'm in a suit, right? And I'm like, where am I going to put this money to take it to the casino? So I look in the trash can, and there's a couple. There's like a uh, 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 a little gift bag that somebody bought something at a uh, you know sundry store or bought you know, <laughs> right. old medicine or whatever. So I stuffed as much of this into there and the rest of my jacket. Uh, called for hotel security. They walked me out to the to the limousine, got in the limo or or the town car, uh, and they took me back to the property that I was at and then the venue. The venue had security meet me at the front door because I had to call ahead. Right so there, monitoring me with this large sum of money the whole way down the strip. We get to the other place, I, you know, meet security and the two guys walk me into the venue and I, I, the venue's closed. The girls are, you know, sitting around waiting to do their cash out, count their money and and distribute it amongst all the staff. So I'm basically the guy holding up everybody. Of
0: course. And it's eight o'clock in the morning.
1: It's eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, uh, it was uh, it was something else. I mean, that's that's kind of a goofy
0: story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boys and girls, did you know that 66 percent of men lose their hair by the time they turn 35? But the problem with that is that's when you're about to notice it. And guess what? It's just too late. So I'm going to ask you, Do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? Do you want your hairline to start receding? Well, want to do something about it first? A lot of guys do weird things and snake oils and crazy things just so that they don't have to kind of because they're afraid to go to medicine and all the other stuff. So for me, it's pretty simple. Look, I'm 46 years old. I've got some bald spots going on up here. I've got a nice little receding hairline and I'm proud of it. Super proud of it. That's how I feel about that. So here's what I want you to do. Thanks to science. Baldness can be optional. HIMS. It's HIMS.com. It's a one stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. All right. They connect you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat the hair loss. Well known generic equivalents and name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Okay. There's no waiting room, no crazy doctor's visits. It's super easy. All you got to do is answer a few quick questions. They're going to review and then they prescribe you right there. They're shipped discreetly to your door. Okay. That's the way that it happens. So here's what you're going to do for anybody who's listening right now. If you guys want to get your hair back, you want to stop the process, whatever it works out to be, right now you're going to get a trial month of HIMS for just five bucks right now while the supplies last. Look, guys, it's really simple. Okay, go to 4 slash chef. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash chef. That's five bucks today for your first month. 4hims.com slash chef. So what are you doing in Vegas now? And I want to uh, get back to soda. some the I do want to hear some of your stories.
1: You want to hear some of the other goofy well, stories? Do that. Tell, um, me, tell me another goofy story.
0: Oh, let's
1: see. I guess you got to think about the uh, context of, of one. Uh, I mean, I don't know, w- related to day life or nightlife or Judea, uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about
0: this crazy fucking trend of the pools during the day. Which there is wow. you okay. could me to get into that water?
1: Oh, well, some of the places I would not go. Some of the places I would go. Um, some of them have, the, you know, the the more popular sites have excellent uh, or, or better than the other place filtration. So, you know, definitely, uh, I want to speak positively of my colleagues, but there's definitely some places that are fantastic. Sure. Um, uh, it, It's, it's amazing, like daylight and some of this, I may not be exactly accurate, but from what I, from what I, I can remember through my, you know, 10 years being in the city, you know, one of the first venues in the city that actually had daylight, uh, was I think the, like more like that trendy music, uh, you know, drinks at the pool kind of like kind of really started it, I think back in the day is a venue yeah. that one of my old bosses used to run and it was the Rio. Okay. And uh I want to say I want to say back in the 90s um and it was pretty simple, you know. You had uh, you know, cocktail servers that would bring you drinks, you had a nice bar, frozen drinks, you know, whatever you're drinking. There was a lot of chairs out, you had a beautiful pool, um and You know, I think they operated from 10 o'clock till five. They kind of, you know, the casinos used to shut the pools down pretty early back in the day because they wanted everybody back in. Sure. Get
0: them at the tables. Right.
1: Get them in the tables, get them in the restaurant, you know, whatnot. So there was no gaming at the pool. I don't think back then Um, it was just pretty much like the pool was an afterthought. So Caesars had a great pool. You know, there's a lot of places that great pools, uh, Bellagio, uh, Mirage, whatever, whatnot. So I think, uh, you know, back in the day, I think, you know, the daylight trend uh, really kicked off with a a project that was at Mandalay Bay called Marea. And then uh, obviously Hard Rock, um, you know, had a fantastic pool too. And then a group of guys really built out this, this whole like entertainment thing with, you know, DJs and performers and artists and so forth. And then I came into the mix in two thousand seven and opened uh with the Tau Group team, uh Tau Beach, which is on the top floor or the, the pool deck of the Venetian. At that time there was, you know, rehab at, at, at Hard Rock, Marea, uh Bear over at uh Mirage, um uh I think Caesars had a concept, I forget what it was called. Um, but you know, there was a lot of places that were coming into the daylight and it was super popular because like think about it, like okay, I want to go out to nightlife. I got to get dressed up. Right. It's, it's, I'm normally in bed by one or two or maybe 11. And now I'm going to stay up later and I'm going to drink a lot. I'm going to have a hangover the next day. I'm going to be terrible. But here it's like I throw on my swim trunks. I pay a fee. I go in, I drink some mojitos and frozen drinks. And I listen to, you know, uh, artists and these guys that are just like amazing. I mean, come on. How can you yeah. not beat that? Right. Well, it's like a brilliant, I mean, think about it. I mean,
0: at a time when, like, think about the first guy who's like, let's throw a pool party during the day and see what we can get out.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're like pool party. So you got a bunch of floaties and what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? You know, could you imagine pitching that? I mean, oh. I just, uh, I bet it was a, an interesting battle back in the day. But I think, you know, I mean, I was only, I've been only here for, you know, to, since 2007. So 10, 11 years, I mean, you know, it definitely evolved over time. Like, with that a DJ? Was that a, uh, I think back in the day, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of uh, celebrity hosting, you know, right. uh, XYZ celebrity is is at such and such pool that was a, I think that was a pretty big draw when I first came into town, you know, there was a, people wanted to see those celebrities, you know, maybe get a glimpse at them, maybe get a picture. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I, I mean, you know, my colleagues in the city may contest my, uh, my, my notes, but I think, I think, um, hard rock really pioneered the first residency with, um, you know, guys like Tiesto that were there on a a, a regular occurrence. And then that's where, you know, the whole, you know, regular resident kind of scenario started to build, I think, through uh, a lot of places. And then people started doing the same kind of thing. And then we have what people called for years, the the DJ bubble. Yeah. Well,
0: that bubble's pretty big.
1: It's pretty big, but, you know, I think, I think you know, you can get those high prices for artists like that in Las Vegas um, because you have uh, venues that can support it and the number of uh, people buying tickets and so on and so forth. I think other cities, it just, it goes back to how it used to be, you know, you, this is how big the venue is, this is what we can afford, or here's my price for the size of the venue or whatever. I'm not sure in other markets how they work it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting how it's kind of, how it's kind of trended. I mean, do you remember back in the day when we used to go out, it was like, you didn't know anybody at the door. You didn't nope. know anybody, you know, at the bar. I didn't know a bartender. I paid the cover. I went in there. I had a drink. I met a girl, uh, uh probably took a couple things I shouldn't have. And I woke up the next day and it was the greatest night of my life. Right. Best night ever. <laughs> and you felt like, a complete shit.
0: like, I remember waking oh. up and feeling like ass still having to go to work. And that was it. It's what I did. And then I went out the next night and I did it again. And then I did it yeah, again
1: over and over.
0: I right? mean, re- it was written rinse and repeat.
1: Like all yeah. the time, all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, in this day and age, you know, everybody has this millennial thing, but listen, like back when we used to go, we did the same thing as a lot of uh, some of the younger millennials, you know, you do you don't know the doorman, you don't know, Uh, the table server. You don't know the bartender. You just, you came in town, you paid a cover, you saw a particular uh, person spin or perform or whatnot. You got drunk You met somebody and that was it. I, you know, they're following the same trend as we used to do back in the day. Really?
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, my first time in Vegas was, I mean, I was shocked. I, I really, I couldn't believe it. I mean I had I didn't know, I just I couldn't believe it. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Going into the club first time. Well, I guess in nineteen or no two thousand maybe six. Okay. Seven. Yeah.
1: Some of the place you go
0: to. You know, I was out there with I was out there with uh a uh, uh, my my boss who was, he owned a bunch of restaurants. He, he's a dickhead. But he and I went out because they there was a, there was a casino. Orleans wanted to put one of our properties in in their casino. So my first Vegas experience was Orleans, the Orleans Casino Hotel.
1: Oh, uh, got it.
0: Yeah. And I had a boot on my foot because I broke my foot on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I had a woman around. I was hobbling around, but my but my my boss was like, "We should we should let's go walk the strip." And I'm like, "I'm in a boot," and he's like, "Suck it up." And I dude, I will (laughs) never. A couple drinks
1: later, you're good.
0: I was great. I was I was loaded, but I remember getting into a cab that was like four o'clock in the morning, and we were going back to the hotel, and my boss was arguing with the cab driver there were more racial slurs being thrown between these two men than I've ever heard. Like wow. I couldn't believe it. And they were like fighting and they were arguing. And I realized that at this point it's like seven or it's like four 15 in the morning. And I have to call home to talk to my wife and children because my girls are getting up and getting ready to go to school. And I remember hanging up the phone after I left a voicemail, putting the phone in my pocket and, I'll, and then all I remember is the cab driver and my boss kind of came to a conclusion that the only thing that was going to make everything better was hookers. <laughs> and he's like, you know what we need? We just need fucking hookers. Every like hookers for every stuff. You want a hooker? Everybody's getting hookers. And I, and my <laughs> phone never actually hung up. Oh so my no. Wife, my, my ex-wife, not because of that scenario, but my ex-wife that was all she heard was hookers. Uh, and so the fight that I had when I got home was not a pretty one. It was not a good one at all. And, you know, I mean, and the funny part is there were no hookers involved in any way whatsoever.
1: It, 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 I mean, everybody it, was probably drunk at that period that it was just uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody passed out.
0: What, what am I doing? Am I, is, am I pulling the business card out of my pocket that I got when I was walking down the strip for the escort? No, that's not what that's not what was happening that night. I remember we not only that, dude. We were going into the Orleans Hotel, which I will never forget, walking the floor and th- and just the smell of smoke.
1: That uh, was just, Yeah, crazy. it used to be thick, right? Thick oh, and the it casino was, like, was dark. Ah,
0: it was horrible. That was my first Vegas experience. Uh, and I walked into the okay. meeting the next morning where we had to go in and meet with the execs from the casino. And and Sully, I'm telling you, I was dripping alcohol. It was, poor, it just, was just through your pores, right? It was just, just coming out. It was so bad. And I think our meeting it's was like 915.
1: Like, <laughs> you were just like, just a little more, five more minutes, five more minutes. I'll be fine. If I eat something, I'll be fine. If I drink I a little bit of water, I'll be fine.
0: I didn't even right? know. I mean, first I had to kick the hooker out, you know, but I mean, it was, it was not good. So there was no hooker. Everybody, just so you know. Um. Yeah. All right. So so I want to talk to you about one of the things. that Well, first off, what, you're you're kind of your role with nightclub and bar. It's like the nightlife expert. Yeah. So I don't know if I call my expert. Uh, I, I do. To, and I, uh, I mean, I call you the, the expert Anthony. every time. Anytime that I have a question about Vegas or. If there's something that, that I need or if I'm sending friends out there or friends are going out there, you, I have two guys that I talk to and you are and you are the guy. You're the like the number one guy that I talk to. Oh, I appreciate that, my friend. No, I appreciate um, it. You do more for me than I do for you. I mean, you have you know, you know, every you know where to send people. You know what to do. You know where to go. You got to go out to dinner with us this year. Yeah, all
1: the yeah. I set up those dinners for you and I never go to it because I'm running around like a
0: goose. Well, I, yeah. I watched Let Loose this year. That was a fucking riot,
1: dude. Yeah, you got to hang out. Yeah, when we were at uh, yes. uh, uh, Tuesday night, that was a great time.
0: Yeah, but hanging out at TS TF- Monday night TF- was
1: a great time. Tuesday night was a great time, right?
0: Yeah, I had. I don't know which night it was. I think it was Tuesday, where they had. They, where, where's that place with the with the light chandelier that comes out of the ceiling? Uh, Omnia. Oh, come on. Dude, that's the greatest light show. I was in awe. You love that? I loved, love it. I absolutely loved it. And I don't even, I think I was that's drinking like. Beautiful. I dr- I was drinking like. Yeah,
1: and, and I love that second floor because, you know, you know, for us who have like a little older, you know, like having everybody stand in front of you or on your head or whatever, it's just not fun. So that's why I like being on that upstairs floor.
0: Well, and it's, it's awesome because you, I mean, there's the visual of the whole thing is just amazing. I would love to be down on that floor just for a couple minutes because the vibe, the energy, but I love oh, it. It
1: was so, so busy. I mean, it's fun. Like, you know, how restaurant, remember you went there with the whole yeah. group, like I think the year before, like yeah. amazing. Like, like the wind, like, you know, I love going to the wind, you know, wife works at the wind. Love, love going there. Hakkasan group, Powell Group. I mean, like uh, Dre's. I mean, there's something that fits like everybody and it's totally different. And you can come here numerous times and still have something different every single time.
0: Yeah. I still end up at the double down, even though they got shut down this week.
1: Oh, I heard about that.
0: Yeah. Cockroaches.
1: Oh, you know, they have this, you know, the drink they have there, right? They have yeah. juice that comes I, in a little I, toilet. I,
0: I have a toilet in my bath. I have a toilet in my bathroom. Can I tell you this real quick? Oh, the group of chefs Go. That we all went out with, we all have the toilets. And when we first got back, it became like, it became like a challenge to see who could use the toilet in a better way. And I had like my, it was a toothbrush holder. Uh, Kayla, one of the chefs with us, she turned hers into like a flower pot. She had flowers in her bathroom. Um, like Chad kept his razor in his, and it's like on the sink. And I need a new one because mine broke when I moved. So.
1: Oh. Yeah, but my uh, wife uh, had me go there and get it and uh, our friend had a big birthday or they got married or something and we got two Barbie dolls. We made a cake and we put the toilet on the cake and the Barbie doll was like her underwear was down there ankles. She was like, you know, over face face faces in the the toilet. She's got like a, you know, those little small bottles you get in the hotel of, you know, uh, 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 Jameson or patron or something we had like a little oh,
0: yeah. bottle on it was
1: hilarious yep <laughs> i know i know it, it's it, it, such it, uh, a gimmicky thing but man that was such a cool ass juice i watched a girl you get a little shot toilet
0: i watched a hooker give a blow job behind the dj i got Where? a video last time at, at double down two years ago She full blown was on her knees like like giving a blowjob behind the DJ booth and the DJ I I talk about DJ booth. It was a card table with the DJ set up, but he was on fire. It was a Tuesday night and he was crushing it. So was she, but he was on fire, man. And I just turned around. I look back and I'm like, yo, she's totally giving that dude a blowjob, not the DJ, but the guy behind the curtain. It was pretty funny, man. I'll send you the video. Oh my gosh! Send
1: the video. That's, so, that's too funny. That's too yeah.
0: funny. And she was there this year too, but this year she was she wasn't wearing underwear. She was she was. You so- know, uh,
1: my my wife uh, uh, my wife's been a, um, a cocktail server. and she turned twenty one. Grew up in Vegas, right? Worked at several places in town. And I don't know what is over her career, like she always ends up coming around a corner, and someone's either having sex. Or taking key or doing something. And she comes home and I always hear the story. You know, it's like, oh yeah, and we came around this night and this guy was like, you know, passed out with his with his you know what out in the in the uh in the plant, you know, peeing or, or something. Oh thought, oh, gosh. How do you always find this? It, all, it only happened to me one time. I was at one venue in the office and the office is like accessible to the nightclub floor and this couple, you know basically you know we're really into it as you know you have enough drinks you're not paying attention to light or dark areas you're just like yo i'm gonna get this right now and they crash into the office it was a small office no. and i'm like i look out you know and it's like it, it go into the office and then i'm in i'm in a, an area in the office and they're like you know underwear is down his pants are down and i just like as soon as i hear him coming, i think it was like you know one of the other guys coming to the office to do a cash out or whatever i turn around and i'm like what are you doing? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and they just like shock, right? Ripped up the pants and run out, and that was it. That was my one, my one sex sex story at the at
0: the club. <laughs> yeah, shit, I've seen in Vegas, man. It's a riot. but you know, and there's a lot of trouble, but that you can get into. We, we like when I'm out there now. I mean, we head over into, you know, I was at District. Uh, what's it called? Or uh, District One for dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, chubby cattle from Mongolian hot pots. Okay. Like, we're hanging out over that way. That's where we're going. I'm not doing a lot of strip stuff. I don't, I mean, you know what I did? I used to do Smith and Walensky, one of the greatest steakhouses. Oh, I love yeah. Smith and Walensky on the that. strip. And then love, they shut it down.
1: That.
0: Yeah. That was great. And yeah, the bartender, go- the, the bartender was from Philly and he was the first employee, the first hourly employee hired. And he worked there the entire time. He worked there for 18 years, I think he said. He was a great dude from Philly,
1: South Philly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you You saying I got to go? Where? All over. I was going to say, you got to go down to like Fremont Street and check out some of the old school, uh, you know, like uh, uh, downtown cocktail room or some of those old school um, cocktail bars and steakhouses that are kind of like, you know, hidden. There's an amazing uh, steakhouse at the D called uh, Adiamo. Really? Um, that
0: cool. oh, well, why don't we? I'm out there. I'm out there before. I'm out there three times this year. I'm I'm doing a bunch of stuff for GE, and I'll be out with Nikki Lips. So why don't you? Why don't we plan a night? And we'll go out to dinner. We're going. To, we'll go old school.
1: Yeah, break, absolutely. Uh, Let's do that. Uh, we'll uh, go a little cocktail down, walk around, uh, check it out. It'd be perfect. We love it.
0: So with you and the stuff that you're doing now, I know with Mojo, as well as with your, your background of everything. And one of the things that I, I, I was talking about with you experience and everything else is, I mean, you, you know how to set a tone, you know, how to set a mood, you know? I mean, what are, how hard is that becoming as we progress into, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021,
1: that sort of stuff. uh, This is the best way I can explain, like, you know, for, and and people generally, I think, grasp this concept. They just, maybe my way of kind of explain it too. Like when you and I, like we've talked about these different experiences, right? So, you know, I'll tell you about a great time I had at a particular restaurant or restaurant or bar or nightclub or whatever the case is. You know, when you come and you go there, what my wow story, exciting story becomes the standard for you. Right. You know, right. you want to walk into, you know, uh, a particular restaurant, you know, Tao and have that exact experience. And then you want a little, uh, you know, something else that's like, a oh, wow. On top of that, like, wow, it was my girlfriend's a uh, birthday. And they did this whole presentation with the, the cake and the dessert or what the case is. So, you know, with, with, with a lot of things, you know, you know, people here and they see, uh, uh, you know, in the industry around, they experience these different things. But it's like each time you, you know, when we do the show, it's like you have to take it up. Uh, uh, like with a bar show, you know, in Vegas, each time you have to take it up a level and make it a little more interesting, um, a little more exciting. And, you know, because the experience they had last year is now the standard coming in, right? right. So, you know, as far as like, you know, when we work with uh, the sponsors and the partners around the the trade show um, and you know the exhibitors and whatnot, you know some some of them haven't really you, you just you know you put together a company, you come up with a vodka, you come up with a wine, you have a, a point of sale product or a piece of technology. It's like, how do I how do I get this out here? And it's you know the the bar show, like bar show is, is fantastic because you you're connected to all of these, you know like-minded individuals. so, you know, we have a a company that has a particular, you know, drink or whatnot. And they're like, how we kind of put this together. We're a small group. Um, I was talking with a guy this year and it's like, you know, here we are, uh, you're a part of the show and let's put, let's get your, your product into one of the nightlife groups that we're working with where several thousand people are going to have an opportunity to experience it. Right. And then, you know, you have the ability to take pictures and kind of show like, listen, I, I went to the show and I was here and, and my product is, at, you know, on Las Vegas Boulevard. And, uh, you know, people got to experience something, you know, new, like, a you know, a, a, whoever with, with any of these new innovations that are coming out. Um, you know, a real cool one is this uh drink before. Did you have that this year?
0: I had, it,
1: uh, no, what did I have? I had the, it like, was, it was, uh, it was the drink before. It was a energy drink, uh, or not an energy drink. It's like a, a vitamin, uh, you know, uh, product. If I'm not. I may not be describing it correctly, but uh, you take it, you drink it before you start drinking alcohol. And I know there's a hundred of these out there, but let me tell you, you know, I, I, I worked hard through the night, and then at the end, you want to have a couple of drinks. Remember, you know, yeah. you're hanging out, right. A few drinks at the end. Oh, this stuff saved my life. Like I had one can one and a half cans before I started drinking. And the next day I woke up with no problem. Was
0: it called, was it called the bullet?
1: No, it was called drink before, <laughs> drink the, before. the label on the bottle was like before drink before it's like all over. Right. It drink. tastes like, uh, it, it, just, it I, I just, I just, I, it was a big, it was a big hit. So we basically, you know, this was the first night and bar show they, they participated in and, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of competition in that market. So how do you, how do you create, you know, create an edge? So they were at the entrance of all of the nightlife events and people right. walked in and the first thing they drank was this. And I bet you, uh, based on my experience too, you know, people were waking up with no hangover. They're like, wow, this stuff's great. Huh? We should get them on. We should get them on the podcast.
0: I'm saving oh, that page. Yeah. I'd great love to people. hear about it. Cause I remember. About I will never forget this. About uh, I guess it was my first or second year out there when I was speaking, and I I I met these guys, and they had a product called Party Armor, and you drank one before you went to bed, and you drank another one when you you woke up in the morning, and it was supposed to kind of clean your liver out as you slept. I went out one night. I got home at seven o'clock in the morning. My phone was dead. The whole nine yards. Jackass drinking. I had to speak at one o'clock. My girlfriend finally called the hotel at oh. noon. And she's like, where the fuck have you been? I've been trying to get in touch with you. You called me <laughs> at, at the time this morning, blah, blah, blah. Are she's you like, serious? you need to get up because you need to speak in like 45 minutes. And I was like, uh, uh, call you later. Call you back. I'll be, I'll call you later. And I got up. Yeah. I looked over on my nightstand and there it was. One was black and one was white. You drank the black at night, the white in the morning. And I chugged down the white one. I hopped in the shower. I don't even think I got in the shower. I'm not going to lie. I think I sprayed cologne on my body and put water on my face. Yeah, you Gotta go. And ran to the convention center and I walked in and I got up on stage and the first words out of my mouth were who else went out last night and everybody raised and finally I'm like, Like who got home at three, who got home at four. And these guys were like, dude, we were in the elevator with you at seven Oh five this morning. Oh no! But I got through, man, I was on fire. My whole, my brain was clear. I felt good. My voice was hurting because I was screaming and yelling and drinking and partying and acting like a jackass all night long. But that's, I don't think they're in business anymore, but it was really, it was, it was like the first time when these, these, these kind of energy slash hangover drinks were coming out. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so tell you know, me how they uh, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. What were you saying? No, I was going to say, tell, tell me about Mojo. I want to know what you guys are doing. We've talked a little bit and your website's awesome. I love what you guys did with your website. So what are you guys doing? Vegas. What's going on?
1: So, um, uh, the Mojo team is, uh, a group of, uh, gentlemen like myself that have been, you know, in Las Vegas, uh, in pretty much hospitality, for 20 plus years um, and you know the team is very versed you know uh, you know we've got uh, Omar who you know has been the entertainment director for 12 years with the company uh, in town um, chance uh, Gibson who you know has worked at mutual venues like myself uh, throughout the city um, worked for MGM worked in China uh, Todd Lunger uh, the, uh, the main partner um, with myself uh, same kind of thing, you know, been in the, been in Vegas for years, worked from, you know, sommelier restaurants up to, um, you know, owning his own, uh, uh restaurant out here, uh, operating multiple places. So we're all skilled, uh, with the background in, uh, nightlife operations, bars, restaurants, and so forth. So, you know, we've been fortunate through the network, you, you know, and you know how this is too, you know, after you, after you're, you know, an individual that's trustworthy and you deliver and you're, you're consistent and you know how to put, you know, d- deliver results for your, for uh, companies you've worked for and whatnot, then, you know, other people start calling you. So it's developed, uh, since November, it kind of like was just a concept, you know, a few conversations in the first part of the year. And then it just really, uh, came together. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to get, um, uh, you know. Some sizable projects. We have a you know a forty thousand plus square foot project in Texas. Uh, wow, uh, a restaurant, nightclub, bar uh, that we're going to help re-energize in Florida. Um, uh, like we've, we're working on a, a gaming, like arcades and gaming is, and e-gaming is like huge right now. It's
0: massive. I had a con- I had somebody reach out to me the other day. They want me to do a uh, an '80s concept for them.
1: Oh, it's it's big because you know like our era yeah has has discretionary income and whatnot like we love we love the 80s 90s like all that like i have a arcade uh console at my house with like every game since 1976 on it like forget it you know this is like our time right 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 so and it's uh, a fun time so popular
0: what's that and it's a fun time i mean to relive yeah, that part of it and and, and be able to afford it at this point. I mean, you're not going in and drinking, you know, the $2 Zima. Although Zima made a massive, massive rebound last year. Comeback, right? Made a huge comeback last year. Their goal was to sell out of their stock by July 4th, by before July 4th, and they were out of it at uh, Memorial Day. Oh, wow. Is my understanding. Yeah. I did a bunch of stuff with that, with uh, Miller Coors, and they were talking about the, the success of it and what was happening. It was a great, cause think about it. That's, that's us. That's our, that's our age range. That's what we were drinking was, I mean, I wasn't
1: a huge Zima guy, but I started drinking. You know what the thing was, is that like, you know, I would think I was like, it was like in high school when that really came out. So you only got it if somebody bought it for you at the liquor store and got it to the party, you know? Right. right. Do you remember remember the purple passion? The Everclear with uh, grape juice. Remember that? (laughs) No. Nineteen ninety-three, dude.
0: No. I drank Uh, beer. I was never. I I, I would do shots. No beer guy. That's what I drank. I drank. Okay, then you were. Then you were.
1: Then you were the guy that you know. You had the party ball. Remember the giant round (laughs) party ball. You know, yeah. you get from the beer, the liquor store, like that you was like. Lighter fluid in you it got you that, that.
0: Yeah, you put lighter fluid in it when you were done. You put it between two bricks. <laughs> you put a paper towel on the inside of it. You light it, and it shoots into the fucking sky like a rocket. It was awesome.
1: Oh my gosh, I never did that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I just remember going out to like some field somewhere, parking. You know, your 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 mom's car that she let you borrow. And you're out there like talking to a couple girls with a solo cup out of a party ball, which probably goes out in like 15 minutes because everybody in the whole city knew where it was. Remember that? Like, how did you ever find those parties? You know? I, you know Back what? In we, day, you didn't have social media. You didn't have cell phones. No. Like, I don't remember how we found anything.
0: Word of mouth. Well, we used to meet. We used to meet, and I tell my daughter this all the time, and I say, Like the, like kids now have it super hard anyway. Look, we talk about them having it easy with, with all the technology and everything else. But in reality, they have it very hard. It's an immediate response. You know, Uh it it lasts for a while. There's a lot of shit, but we used to meet at the Roy Rogers in the parking lot and there would be 300 people there. And then we would go out from there. And I, I grew up, I mean, my father was a teacher. My mother was a nurse. We didn't have a lot of money. I grew up in a very wealthy area, but I, we never had a lot of money at all. My parents were, were, they worked their asses off for whatever it is that they did. Sure. And, you know, and they had four kids at the same time. So, you know, I never had a lot of money. My parents would give me 20 bucks. That was, that was a lot of fucking money, man. So I remember we would yeah. go in, I would eat, uh, I would, uh, we would go to Roy Rogers. And you do remember the best part about Roy Rogers was the salad bar, the fixin's bar. So I would eat like a fucking salad. I would have like lettuce and pickles and tomatoes and like blue cheese dressing. Jello. They didn't have Jello. It was just the salad. It was just the Fixins bar for your burger and stuff and chicken sandwich. It was oh, wow. awesome. It was the best. Did you
1: ever That's go to Cocos?
0: We didn't have a Cocos. Or what
1: was that? what was the buffet place? Uh, sorry, was it Ferns or something like that? What was that place called? I don't even know. From Remember, you're from Colorado. I don't know. We had all we had all sorts that? of out here.
0: You guys, you're from Colorado, so you guys had a whole different world. Yeah, we
1: Shaky's had a Jack pizza. in the Box. We what was it? Shakey's Pizza. That was like a California. Did you ever go to that place?
0: Never. Is it still around?
1: Oh, this was like this was like arcade pizza, and you know that's where the soccer team goes after they play. We Pictures were of Dr Pepper or whatever. Yeah. We were, pizza yeah. we were pizza hut back here. Yeah. And we
0: had we wow. had a, a jack in the box. I remember a jack in the box. It was uh they had an E. coli outbreak in the late seventies on the East Coast, and that was it. They shut their doors on the East Coast. I don't think there's ever been one back here. Back there. Wow. Yeah. It was a long I think it was seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Man. You know what's funny? Think about the think about all the shit that that gets us sick these days. You never heard about that shit before.
1: No, no never heard about no, no. Salmonella. Sure they weren't. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't even, I mean, health department code, you know, we're like fluent in the, in the language now, but man, I wonder if we were even close to it back in the day, or we were just like, you know, back in the day, you know, it was your folks like, Oh, you're sick. I ah, put a little Vix on. You'll be fine in the morning. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you're Take a little tri-medic. Here you go. You'll be fine in the morning, right? Yep. Like, the only time you went to the doctor office, it was like, yo, I'm dying. I'm out of school for three days. Okay, we'll go to the doctor.
0: <laughs> uh, my mother was a nurse, so we had to, the big joke in our house. Was oh, we had to
1: yeah.
0: Eating out of the eyeball. I got. I was in a motorcycle accident when I was 15. I ran into a curb. Uh-huh. The bike popped out from underneath of me and landed on the back of my leg. So ah. I burned my leg on the pipe as well as I crushed my kneecap. So I ah. went home and I'm like, mom, I was playing football at, cause if I told my mother that I was on a motorcycle,
1: fucking oh, kidding done. me. Done.
0: Done. done, And my, my father worked in the ER as a surgical, surgical tech in college. So my parents talked about, Picking pieces of motorcycle helmet out of people's heads in the 70s. And so if I told my parents that I was riding a motorcycle, I'd have been been done. So I told my mother that I, I was playing football and I got tackled on the cement. And I remember going into the doctor. His name was Dr. Good. And he was my orthopedic doctor. And he's like, hey, Maggie, let me talk to Brian for a little while. So my mother leaves the room and as soon as she leaves, she's like, all right, dude, what happened? I'm like, I was on a fucking motorcycle, man.
1: And it just fell on the back
0: of my leg. And he's like, are you fucking kidding? And he, I remember like the full blown conversation. I had to lie to my mother
1: about what I did. <sighs> Crazy. I didn't do motorcycles younger. I did go-karts and uh, the little uh, motorbike. I had those with the three to five horsepower engines on them. And I drove them all over my neighborhood. Followed. I out of that's all he did.
0: I got a guy in my neighborhood now. This guy, his name is Lopez. I just met him. I just met him today, but I, I formally met him today because he wanted to talk about the Harley, but I, I, he was riding a little, a little mini bike two days ago and Lopez is probably two ninety, and he's on a mini bike. And he's like, I don't know what's up with this. It's not fucking working the way it was. The tires are all flat against the ground. He's riding this bike. And I'm like, come on, man. There's no way. That's why the bikes.
1: Yeah. Lopez. Dude, I'm buying I'm buying my daughter and my son in like another year to go cars. I'm gonna have them, you know, just cruise the neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe I'll put them in a two seater and I'll wear a one seater and they gotta chase me. Like, oh just so much fun back in the day. I But you're right, not, back when you were a kid, I don't know how we survived. We I broke both of my wrists
0: uh during the summer. I broke eight fingers at one time. <whistles> made a go kart out of a out of a baby stroller, a dolly, and like a wheelbarrow, and that motherfucker closed on my fingers on July fourth, nineteen seventy-five.
1: I oh, broke there, eight. Well, f- the seventy-five. That was my. I was, I was popping out, buddy.
0: Yep, was like I was. I was four. Maybe it was 77. No, it was 76. It was the bicentennial in Philadelphia because my neighbor was in a play. And I remember sitting at the play with uh, with with splints on eight fingers. I was hell on wheels, dude. I broke everything. And my mother used to bring plaster of Paris home because that was the casting. She would bring it home from the hospital and reset my casts from however badly I fucked them up that day. Oh, geez. I got to get my mother on the podcast. I, we're going to do that. I'm going to do a mom show.
1: Oh, she's going to bring out. <laughs> yeah, you should do the mom show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're like, remember when you did that? You're like, oh, uh, yeah, I burned up. <laughs> uh, my, my parents gave me the first car that I ever owned was the 19. 1977 Mercury Station Wagon, right? Eight wow. player. Yeah. Fake wood paneling the seat in the back that faced the other way. Cause that's what we, you know, you got a station wagon in the 60s and 70s, right? You threw the, yeah. you threw the kids in it. You drove across Kent country, right? You listened to uh, America and whatever right. else. Um, yeah. So it was, it, we called it, I called it the boat, right? My, it was like the the extra car, right? My mom had a, a, a minivan and my dad drove them. I don't know, a Dachshund or something. So they gave me this, and that was what I had in high school. And, you know, I was like, all right, this is cool. Uh, it's got a Corvette engine in it, pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Gas is terrible. But, uh, okay. So, I could pile a bunch of people in there, and I went to some, uh, they had this thing. Remember the Mountain Dew commercial back in the day, where the, we'd swing on the rope way out of the water? Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Let go.
0: Splash.
1: Yeah. So, there was one of those next to our house, like a nice, big, like, kind of. Ravine with a, a rope swing that we made on a high cliff, and you could run, jump off, and just swing and fall in the water. It was fantastic. Well, you know, I thought I had a jeep, right? But I don't I have a station wagon, so I I high centered it over some dry grass uh, on this road near my house in Niwot, Colorado, and the the uh, the 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 engine, you know, basically lit up the weeds underneath. The sucker caught fire, burned up. They had to shut down the road. The 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 the, the football team from now high school is like, you know, there's not a lot of roads. It's not like Vegas. You just go over two blocks and go around like you're out in the middle of like farmland. So the whole football team and the cheerleaders and all the kids and the families are all coming back. And I blew this sucker up. The fire department shuts down the main road. They had to drive like an hour around to get back to the high school, which was probably like a hundred feet away. Right. Right. Such an idiot! I don't think I I I couldn't show my face.
0: <laughs> Dude, but you know what? Like my buddy had. Well, my my friend I, I dated a girl named was Karen, and her mother had a station wagon that that the the, the, the license plate was BABS B A B S, and it stand it stood for Badass Buick Station Wagon. That's what her license <laughs> plate was. Like that was the cool thing, and then. My other buddy had like I don't even know, man. I'm just I'm not a car guy. It was this massive yeah. car, and I remember that he painted it with house paint, and he painted fish. All there was like crabs and sharks and 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 octopus all over the car, and he painted all. Of, that's like what he drove his prom date into the prom. Wow! Like nobody gave a shit. My my 14 year old G wagon. When she turned 16, yeah, <laughs> my 17 year old, my 17 year old wants like a 92 Jeep Cherokee. See the difference? <laughs> yeah. By the way, neither one of them are getting either one of those cars unless they have half. My rule is half. You pay for half the car. You got to match half. what you have, and I'll assist you with the rest. That's
1: it. But you, you know, I think I'm going to end up like finding an uh, an inexpensive. Uh, uh, Hummer, uh, a, you know, H1 at some right. point. Uh, and then I'm just going to put it on the side of the house. And when my daughter turns 16, I'll be like, that's what you're driving. There right? you go. Free. And that's what you're driving. So, because you know what it is. You get your first car, you're driving into the walls, you're bumping, you're, you're looking at, you know, you're changing the station, you run into the guy in front of you. Like, that car is going to be wrecked in two years.
0: <laughs> my, daughter's, my daughter's best friend was in an accident today, a woman uh, rammed into her, didn't stop at the stop sign, kept going, rammed into her and pushed a 1997 BMW convertible in between two trees. She had to climb out the back window to get out of the car. Oh my God. 17 years old. That was her first car, her first accident like that. And imagine if she had a brand new car. You no, know? I mean wow. she's fine and all that. Like I'm not going to talk about the health of all this and everything yeah. else. But think about it seriously. And that's what I told you. Know that's what I tell my my 14 year old. I'm like, hey, you are going to every time you pull into Wawa to get gas, which is Wawa's like our convenience store around here. They have gas and everything. I'm like, you're going to hit the yellow yeah. f-ing pylon. It's just that simple. You're going to hit it. Yeah. And yeah. do you want to hit that in a G wagon that's going to cost you 15 grand to have a door replaced, or do you want to hit it in and a then everywhere you go? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Then everywhere you go. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Or maybe a Jeep, you know what I mean? Maybe get a Jeep, right? I, I love that. That's, 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 that's a, what a I drive. I'm six and I yeah. drive a Jeep. So What do you
0: drive? What are you yeah. driving in vague?
1: Uh, I have a Kia and I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's awesome. I, uh, the, it, it's great gas mileage. Sure. Uh, and it doesn't break down and I have to fix anything. It's like, uh, how old Fonda's used to be, I guess. Right. Yeah.
0: They're great cars. My ex-wife had a Soul. She's got a Volvo now, but she has a Soul. I love the. I drove a Soul in Colorado. I rented a Soul when I was in Colorado. The coolest oh, yeah. car.
1: Great handling. Did you, did you? Did you feel like you were the hamster in the video? Did you put oh, the song on?
0: I felt like I was in a smart car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
0: Just imagine me in a smart car. That'd be awesome. <sighs> um, yeah. All right, brother. Well, hey, look, uh, I don't want to keep you all night.
1: Um, all right. Good we talk. We'll, we'll continue it again. We'll continue it again. We we'll do talk it, about man. architecture, uh, arcade games, and uh, uh, wrecking your uh, parents' first car next time again. Yeah.
0: And breaking shit, breaking bones and breaking the, shit.
1: For the forestry, forestry service. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bears, bears, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. Definitely yeah. good stories. Finding hikers that. It fell out. Yeah, that's a whole other
0: story. We'll have that next All right. So for anybody Terrible who wants, thing. we talked nothing about the experience world and what no. uh, uh, Mr. Sullivan does. So if you want to know more about what Mr. Sullivan does, you can go to the website
1: of what is it? Uh, Mojo It's Mojo GRP mojogrp dot Mojo. com. Mojo Group is
0: the uh, company name. Yep. mojogrp dot com. And these guys will help and help you get ready, get opened, uh, change any of the 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 bad uh, vibe and juju that you've got going on in your nightclub or bar or venue. Um, with a tremendous amount of experience with all those guys, um, which I think is pretty cool. So, um, Sully, thanks brother. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you had a crazy one and I'm glad you were able to hop on, man. Seriously. All good. Great. Cheers. Thanks brother. Cheers. All right. Mr. Sullivan. That was awesome. See, that's the way this works. It's all about fun, man. It's about, you know, I, I, I try to have an agenda when I get into doing these things and I try to have fun doing the shows and, and, and sometimes the, you heard me. I mean, I I try to lead a little bit with a question, and it's just the flow is there, and I'm super cool with that. I love it. I just love the the cool people that I get to meet in my life. And I met Sully a couple of years ago, and he's always just totally taken care of me and made me feel like a rock star when I'm out in Vegas, and made my friends feel like rock stars when they're out in Vegas, and just a really really good dude and a great individual and a a good family man and. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny to watch. So, and then watching him let loose at Tiesto that night at Omni was just brilliant, man. Just a great night all around. I enjoyed Omni a lot. So, um, that's it for me, man. That is, that is what we have going on for this week. I want to thank you all so much for hopping in. Um, we've got a couple of fun things happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got some great guests lined up that we're going to talk about and talk to. If any of you have a guest that you want to get on the show, please do me a favor feel free to tweet it to me or send me a private message or email me or smoke signals or Morse code or whatever it is that you want to use a decoder ring. I really don't give a shit. Just get a message to me and, and let's see what we can do about getting that person on. Um, I talk to people that interest me. I talk to people that I meet. I talk about my experiences and, and that's what I love to do. So uh, thank you all so much and have a wonderful, Oh wait, hold on. Don't forget to thank these amazing people. Radioinfluence.com Jerry and Jason, they do an unbelievable world of all of this with podcasts. They are up until uh, 1136 at night doing this, uh, putting it together last minute because guests are, are sometimes weird and they don't show up. Um, And uh, they're just amazing guys. They have a new studio down there in, uh, in uh, Tampa, St. Pete, Uh, just some really, really cool, amazing other podcasts that they have. Go to radioinfluence.com, check them out, support them. I thank you. Go to iTunes and, 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 uh, and, and review us and tell us what you think about my babbling and, all that shit. And just talk about it. Let people know. Give us some Give us some reviews. Check out Maggie Gagliardi. She does all of our illustrations for all the promo pieces that we do. And Michelle out there at Techno Solution takes care of our website and all the, the backside stuff that we do as well. Also, want to thank my wonderful assistant, Samantha Perdick. She does an amazing job with everything that we have going on in this show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Everybody, power to the people. Go out there and be fucking nice. Bye-bye.
1: Didn't get dubified enough? Follow
0: Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B R I D U F F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence.
1: This is a cannabis podcast powered by Truly. Quick fix on Radio Influence. There's been a lot of pressure to include the smokable marijuana as well as edibles. Uh, and what's kind of crazy about the edibles argument is the government had already cleared it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the Department of Medical Marijuana Use was the one that, that hadn't acted upon it. They didn't know exactly how to roll it out. So I, if it's not the government, it's, it's the actual department itself. So th- there are a lot of things going on. I think edibles are closer. Okay. Than the smokable is. You, they're going to be completely separate. So they're, they're going to be passed separately. Smokable marijuana and edibles will be passed completely separate. Yeah. Every time there's a new um, outlet, so to speak. Yeah. A delivery method. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it's a separate issue to get okay. each one of those added as a product that's available mm-hmm. to to patients. <laughs> The Cannabis Podcast, powered by leave can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.